0: Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hey everybody, it's Suzanne Gallagher. I am so glad to be back to these podcasts. I have missed you guys. Oh my gosh. Well, I have been a little bit um, distracted, as you might say, working on the Northwest Safe Schools Summit uh... we we worked so hard and it paid off i cannot wait to release the videos of that event amazing amazing speakers amazing speakers uh... all the way from walt hire bernadette Broyles, um, rebecca friedrichs and tina griffin and then back to our leaders in the state of Texas, Missy Kara, and the state of Washington, Jennifer Heine Withy. Oh my gosh, they all did an amazing job. And then we had many local speakers uh, from the state of Oregon that, again, were uh, fabulous. They don't have an opportunity to voice their opinions and their knowledge very often. And so we have it on tape, you guys, and we are now formatting that day-long event and we'll make it available for you. Um, Very, very exciting news for Parents' Rights in Education. What I thought I would do today is uh, just share with you uh, the speech that I gave at the opening of that event. There's a lot of good nuggets in there, and hopefully you will be encouraged and motivated. So here goes. Parents' Rights in Education. We value students, we empower parents, and we enlighten communities. We stand for the fundamental rights of parents to raise their children, and we firmly believe that children belong to their families, not to the state, not to the teachers, or the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. We believe that in this current and increasing political climate of medical mandates, forced vaccines, and the hypersexualization of children, parents have the final say. You know, parents are frustrated. And with some curriculums taught to their children, uh, you know, they want to participate. And they want to participate in their children's education. However, their views are not respected. It is clear the term inclusive only applies to some. Public schools are for everyone and by law, all children in the United States have a right to free K through 12 public education. School boards admit they are no longer academic institutions. In fact, they are social service agencies. Parents wanna be involved in the life-changing decision-making with their minor children but school-based health clinics have brought a new dynamic to the local community. Suddenly, the school nurse is administering examinations, psychological counseling, medications, treatments, and referrals for surgery and vaccines, all without parent knowledge or consent. The parent-child relationship has been breached, and parents are shocked when confronted with often radical results. Everyone's opinion matters. Political bias cannot be tolerated. One-sided political ideologies are often promoted and presented in our public schools as truth without discussion of other viewpoints. Reports of discrimination are shocking. Students have been disciplined and even expelled for representing opposing views. Like free enterprise, free speech, and the U.S. Constitution. We all want to protect children from making dangerous choices, choices which can negatively impact their futures. However, suggested state curriculum is not medically accurate and age-appropriate as required by education standards. Like a teacher telling Salem-Kaiser middle school students that oral and anal sex aren't really sex because you can't get an STD or pregnant. Medical accuracy is up for debate. Have you noticed? When did science become a discussion item instead of fact? And who decides what is age appropriate? All children are different. And I'm reminded of the eight-year-old boy traumatized when he was told by a Hillsborough school counselor he may not really be a boy and could change his sex. Only parents can decide what is age-appropriate for their children, especially controversial curriculums. That's why our opt-in policy is the only answer and should be adopted by every school board. They don't need the state or their superintendent to initiate this. We believe that all students should be taught to respect one another, and any form of bullying against anyone should not be tolerated. Parents' Rights in Education stands with everyone's right to tolerance and respect. But CSE now requires students to accept all choices, all lifestyles as equal and good. This is a national crisis. In 1964, Dr. Mary Calderon founded Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States, or Secus, as we know it. Fifty-five years later, in 2019, Secus officially renamed to Secus, dropped its former title and adding the tagline, Sex Ed for Social Change. You see, they've literally changed their name to sex ed for social change. Sika states, quote, sex ed sits at the nexus of many social justice movements from LGBTQ rights and, quote, reproductive justice, unquote, to the Me Too movement and urgent conversations around consent and healthy relationships. Planned Parenthood closely aligned with SICUS, is implementing the education piece in public schools. There is money in it for them to encourage young girls to experiment with sex. But it gets worse. We're not fighting one school district or one state agency. SICUS is now a coalition of organizations, statewide coalitions, state agencies, and school districts, advance, CSE. The organization is called Sex Education Policy Action Council, or CPAC. They say this about themselves, quote, sex education offers a comprehensive policy solution to teach young people about bodily autonomy, consent, reproductive decision making, healthy relationships, and LGBTQ tolerance and inclusion, unquote. CPAC is expected to grow to include members in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and eventually the U.S. territories, providing SICUS with an invaluable opportunity to monitor and affect state legislation. What they're talking about here is changing the laws in your state So, that you will have to teach comprehensive sexuality education K through 12 in every state and territory in the Union. As you can see, public education is highly involved as partners with SECUS in this national plan to promote sexual freedom and health care rights. That is why schools are no longer educational institutions and now have become officially social service agencies. In fact, public education is the key government agency providing distribution for information and services without parents' knowledge or consent. I often see comments on Facebook like, wow, look what they're doing in California. Soon it will be here in Oregon. It is here. In fact, it was here four years before it was in California. It was in Oregon 12 years before the state of Washington. Oregon is considered the most progressive in this arena. In 2009, the Oregon legislature passed legislation requiring K-12 comprehensive sexuality education which requires each school district shall provide age-appropriate human sexuality education courses in all public elementary and secondary schools oregon revised statutes allow school-based health clinics to have unprecedented access to students for services provided or referred. Students at any age can access reproductive health care without parental knowledge or consent. 14-year-old students can receive mental health services, which could include counsel related to gender transformation. Minors may seek help from a psychiatrist or psychologist, mental health therapy from a doctor or social worker, without a parent's knowledge or consent. 15-year-old students can consent to services such as hospital care, immunizations, medical, dental, optometric, and surgical diagnostic care. They can also receive gender transformation treatments, such as puberty blockers, counseling, drugs, advocacy, and sex change surgery, without parental notification or consent. A well-child visit at a school-based health clinic, according to the Oregon Health Authority's Adolescent Well Care Visits, must include a physical exam, which includes a genital exam. Now, with clinics in middle school campuses, your 11-year-old daughter may have this exam without your knowledge or consent. Pre is now active in Alaska, Arizona, Illinois, Ohio, Oregon, Texas. Washington, and Wisconsin. In 2018, when I came on the board with Pre, because our name embraced the right of a parent to direct the education of their child, we began hearing from parents all over the country. Like the call from an Iowa mother whose daughter announced on her 18th birthday senior year in the counselor's office, She handed her mother a 24-page letter. This is the usual protocol for making these announcements. In that 24-page letter, she described that she had made a decision to transition from a beautiful woman to a man. To a man. Within a few months, she disowned her family. The Tualatin, 6th grade boy, age 11, sexually abused by a male classmate in the school restroom. He was diagnosed with bowel incontinence and an STD. The school took no responsibility, claiming there was mutual consent. A middle school student was harassed and bullied by a trans boy in Westland, Wilsonville. He raised his voice, asking the other boy to please leave him alone. The trans boy claimed he was not safe, and unfortunately the straight student was discriminated against and administrators asked him to leave the district. The next year, that same student was at Lake Oswego High School as a freshman. He was astonished when his freshman English teacher invited two students to promote their gender-sexuality alliance club. When he politely raised his hand and asked to be excused, he was rebuked, mocked, and accused of bigotry. Parents of third-grade students in West Lynn were appalled their children had attended a coming-out party for their classmate, a boy transitioning to a girl, held in the principal's office. If that boy continues with so-called treatment, he will never experience what it means to be a mature male. After the decision to close schools in March of last year, 2020, new issues rose to the surface. Students were isolated, struggling with boredom and even depression. Interference by bureaucrats and the public employees unions highlighted the real intention to keep students sequestered and living in fear until fall of 2021. During the shutdown, parents began to witness much, much more. Middle school children were exposed to lessons about pain or pleasure during intercourse and how to recognize it. Kindergartners are counseled they can change their sex to be who they really are. And grade school students are taught they are oppressors and their friends are victims. Teachers attend social justice trainings and embrace the white privilege mantra. Social-emotional learning exercises for 8-year-olds promote stereotyping themselves and each other. After the George Floyd incident, on a Zoom call, the superintendent in my local school district declared, We must concentrate and embrace our ultimate goal, equal outcomes for all. Soon, students, led by a faculty advisor, demonstrated in residential streets wearing BLM t-shirts shouting, no justice, no peace. Pre-added issue tabs to our website. They are anti-American ed, social emotional learning, critical race theory, and Black Lives Matter. We focused on the link between summer riots and K-12 education. Go to the advocatesforyouth.com site where they are recruiting and training protesters ages 14 to 24. And we covered social-emotional learning in depth. This is the latest education fad teaching students to rely on themselves, their peers, and the progressive culture, not the truths of their faith and families progressive social norms become their moral authority. Pre-opposes the whole child concept, including character and ethics education, psychological insights and group dynamics, and consequentialist moral reasoning. These subjects are controversial in the very least and have nothing to do with education. Taxpayers are furious and education dollars are dedicated for this purpose what can be done today our best strategy is to win back respect for parents by taking back our local school boards our message is simple school boards listen to the parents you work for them Oregon law similar to laws in many other states defines the legal status of school districts Look at your local laws to uh, see if, if it lines up with the Oregon law. Quote Pursuant to law, district school boards have control of the district schools and are responsible for educating children residing in the district. That's it. We just need to take our schools back. We are starting at the local level. With our school boards, these boards are the elected governing bodies who decide policy and they select curriculum, and yet they have drifted away from their responsibility to represent the community and the parents. School board members legally have the power to create and change school policies, and yet so often superintendents encourage members to comply with requests from State Departments of Education and the teachers' unions. We are asking school boards, who do you represent? The Parents' Rights in Education Proclamation establishes an understanding between school districts and their communities. It's time to reestablish parents' rights in education. Public schools are for everyone. We're committed to equality and equal protections for all parents and all families. Please stand with us, speak up, and join our cause. We look forward to this time together. Thank you for joining us. We make things easy for you at Parents Rights in Education, and we'd love to have you join us. Please fill out the form on our website called Join Us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? Any donation, large or small, is a help. We are a 501c3 organization, and that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount that you give to Pree. I encourage you to join the Pre 12 by 12 Club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, you'll receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org, and click on the donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and for helping us do what we do here. This is Parents' Rights.